Well, again, good morning. I uh, want to welcome you too. If you are joining us via our new live feed, again, thanks for working with us and being patient as we kind of iron out the kinks, but we're just excited to be able to provide that space where we can all, at least if we can't be in the same room, we can worship together this morning, so welcome. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's dawned on me that Thursday is Thanksgiving. I don't know if that's hit you yet, but Thanksgiving is actually uh, this week, which means Advent is this coming Sunday, a week from today, which means Christmas is a month away, okay? So, uh, that is like hard for me to believe. Uh, just with the year that we've had, I don't know what it is, but it seems like suddenly it's here. Um, but it's become our custom in this season, as we're coming into Thanksgiving and preparing for Advent and Christmas, um, to take some time as a church family and really to consider God's generous heart. Um, we want to take uh, these couple weeks. So we did that last week. We're doing it this week to look at Jesus to see God's generous heart and through that, that God might help us understand how we can become a more generous people. And so we're looking uh, in particular at Jesus' life, this moment in Jesus' life in Mark chapter 6. So if you've got a Bible, I want to encourage you to grab that and open it up uh, to Mark chapter 6. Or if you've got a Bible app, you can pull that up on your phone. Mark chapter 6, the words we just read, verses 30 through 44. And as you're getting there, I just want to give a, a, a quick update, um, or I'm sorry, a recap from what we did last week. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back and listen uh, to that part one of this two-part series. But uh, last week, we talked um, about worshiping the God of abundance. We talked about worshiping the God of abundance, a God who gives and gives and loves to give. That is the God that we worship. And God has given us so much. We talked about the fact that God has given us life. He's given us our bodies, our relationship, uh, our material goods, and our money. Uh, in fact, he has given us everything because he has actually given us himself. He's given us his son, Jesus. And that means that we can have life and life to the full. That's what John chapter 10 tells us. Life with God, both now and forever. That's what we have in Jesus. So in Jesus, we have everything. And in Jesus we can see the generosity of God. And so the question uh, I, I want us to kind of think through in light of that is then how then should we live? In light of God's generous heart, how should we live as God's people? And so we said last week that that means changing our pronouns. Uh, we said we want to change our pronouns. That's one of the ways we live into this. Um, and, and so that means we go from uh, kind of thinking about things primarily as mine to thinking about things as yours. This is your kingdom. Oh, Lord, remember that passage from Chronicles that we looked at, Second Chronicles. Um, or if you prefer the King James, you could say it's mine and thine, if that kind of helps you remember it. Um, but that's the change in pronouns, right, that we want to make. Um, we want to see ourselves, in other words, as stewards. It's not mine. It's what you have entrusted to me. Everything that I have comes from you, O oh Lord. And that's really important because that means we stop seeing uh, uh, our time and our resources and our money and even our life as something that we possess and something that we've been given. And it's something that we can move away from uh, thinking, what do I have to do for God? Instead of uh, that, we begin to think of what do I get to do with what God has given me? And so we want to make that fundamental shift and the way that we think about things, the way we talk about things, and our pronouns. So the key question we were left with last week um, was, 
uh, what do you have? That's what Jesus asked the disciples here in Mark 6. He says, what do you have? And then he takes that uh, and he uses that. And so we're going to talk about that second move that God takes what they offer and he uses it powerfully to bless others. So again, back to Mark 6. Uh, We've looked at this and we've said God's inviting us to change our pronouns. This week we want to say God's inviting us to change our math. Change our math. Jesus invites us to change the way we think about how things in the world that we have actually work in the world. Um, So Jesus asked this fundamental question, what do you have? And what did the disciples have? Uh, In Mark chapter 6, what did they have? We're told they had five and two fish. That's what it says in verse 38. Five loaves of bread and two fish. And then Jesus, it tells us in verse 41, that Jesus was given these things. The disciples gave it to them, to him, and he took the five loaves, it says, and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and as he did that, he said a blessing. He gave thanks. And then he took the bread and the fish, and he began to break it, and he gave it to the disciples to set before the people. Uh, And so we're told that he divided everything among them and they all ate and were satisfied. There was enough food for thousands of people from five pieces of bread and two fish. Now Mark hammers that really hard here. Five loaves and two fish. He says that repeatedly in just a few verses. And the question is why? Why is it so important for us to understand that it was five loaves and two fish? It matters because what he wants to highlight is what they gave to Jesus, right? He then multiplied, gave back to them to give to others, right? That's the point that Mark wants us to not miss. They gave what they had. Jesus took it from them, multiplied it, gave it back to them to give to others. In fact, we're told in verse 43 that there were leftovers. There was more than enough that Jesus provided, And that's what God does. We're supposed to see that. This is the heart of God being revealed in this miracle. This is what God does. He creates. He multiplies. He is the God, in fact, who could take something from nothing. That's who God is. They they could have started with one piece of bread and, uh, and one tiny piece of fish, and it would have been enough in Jesus' hands, right? One crumb. Whatever they had, it would have been enough. And that's because the point is this. They released what they had into Jesus' hands, and he multiplied it for the blessing of many. And so this story isn't just about bread and fish and feeding people with bread and fish. This is about a crowd that was starving, that was hungry for God. This is a crowd that was hungry for God. And we know that because we're told at least twice, maybe more than that, that this is a desolate place. That stood out to me when we were reading it just now. This is a desolate place where they are. In other words, there's nothing. There's no food around. These people have come into this desolate place. And when they came to this desolate place, it's because they were hungry. They were chasing, literally chasing after Jesus because they're so hungry for God. And Jesus sees that. That's why he looks out and he says what he says. He, he, he has compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. They were a people without God. They were longing for God. They were hungry for him. And so he heals and he teaches and he reveals the holy and just and merciful God to them. That's what happens. And the truth is we're hungry for God too. We too are hungry for God. You know what's key to experiencing more of God in your life? 
What's key to seeing him bless others through our life? Do you know what, what's key to that? The key to that is releasing it, releasing our lives to Jesus. We have to release what is God's back to him. We have to release back to God what, what he's given to us so that he can take it and multiply it. And so releasing what we have, it's, it's surrendering our lives to him. It's surrendering what we possess to him. It's putting not just what we have, but who we are in Jesus' hands. That's the invitation of Jesus. Now, doing that is really hard. Right? Easy to say, hard to do. Really. I mean, to do that, to, to release your life, to surrender, to really let go of what we have is hard. I wonder if it was hard for these disciples in this moment. Uh, it's interesting. We're told that they were hungry before any of this happened. Did you notice that? Verse 31 says that the disciples actually didn't even have enough time to eat. That's what we're told. Now, I think we're told that because it highlights the condition of the disciples when this crowd shows up. Because when the crowd shows up, then they teach all day, and now at the end of the day, they still probably haven't eaten. They were hungry to begin with. So one thought might be, well, maybe in this moment, it might have been easy for them to feel like, we need to eat first, right? We need to get ours. Maybe they thought to Jesus, can we just set aside a little something for us to eat first before we feed the thousands of people? Can we do that? And then whatever's left over, you can take that and do whatever you do, Jesus, with the crowd. And I think that because I think that's a very real temptation. I think it's a very real temptation for us. I mean, if I'm honest, it's pretty much always a temptation for me. It's always a temptation for me to think of me first. I'm my favorite person, right? It's not hard. You don't have to convince me to think about me. I do it a lot. We all do. It's easy. It's tempting to think me first, right? And I'll think along with that to think, is there going to be enough for me in this world? Is there going to be enough for me? And so I better make sure there is enough for me first. And so what that leads to is a mindset of scarcity. It can kind of creep into your life. Uh, it can lead to kind of saying, okay, God, I'll release things to you. I'll trust you. I'll surrender. But let's just wait on that for just a little while. Can we kind of come back to that, Jesus? Can we come back to that? Let me see how things are going to play out in my life. And when I have more, have you ever felt, felt yourself thinking this? When I have more, I'll give more, right? Let me just make sure I got things taken care of, that I have enough, and then I'll be more free to give. But I just want to think about, in this story, what would have happened if the disciples took that kind of posture, right? Me first posture, us first. The truth is, they could have eaten all the food. They could have eaten the five loaves and the two fish themselves. They got it. They're hungry. They could have started there. They could have just ate it themselves. Um, they could have kept some of it and given Jesus some of it. Uh, that he could use the leftovers. But I think if they'd done either one of those options, I think something really tragic would have happened. I think they would have missed out on the miracle that Jesus was doing. The miracle of God's abundant provision of what God wanted to do through them and for them. So um, just think about what they got to be a part of. 
Think about what these disciples got to be a part of in this moment because they gave everything, they released everything into Jesus' hands. I imagine, you know, months, years down the road, someone comes, I heard Jesus fed 5,000 people. Were you there? Yeah, we were there, but we already ate, you know? Like we ate before. We didn't really participate in the miracle. We missed out. They would have missed out on what God was doing, what Jesus was doing. And so God gave them the opportunity, right, to take what they had and release it into his hands, to release it into his hands. And that's the opportunity that we have every day. We have that same opportunity with everything that God's given us to release it back to him. You get a paycheck or you have a salary. You get 24 hours in a day. You have influence in certain circles. You have resources that you can share. And the question is, what would it look like for me to release those things into Jesus' hands. What would that look like for me to release those things into Jesus' hands? Now, I do wanna just clarify, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that what that means is we give everything away, right? This is not a call to a life of poverty for all who follow Jesus. Some may have that call in their life, but that's not what this is about. Remember, the disciples here, they ate too, right? They got to eat from what Jesus provided. In fact, they ended up with more than they needed, And so you need to eat. You need to put clothes on your back, on your kids' backs. You need to save. That's good. Those are good things. But what I would say, if that's all we do, right, if all we do is primarily take care of ourselves, if that's kind of our MO in life, if we take care of ourselves, if all we do with what we've been given uh, is to take care of ourselves, then that's all we're ever going to have. That's all we're ever going to have. And that's all of God's power that we'll ever experience in our lives if we don't release it back to him. What we have is what we got, and we won't experience more. And so you may be comfortable, you may feel secure, you may even experience moments of happiness and contentment in your life, but you will miss out. If you're unwilling to release things into God's hands, you will miss out on what God really wants to do, the power of God in your life. And ultimately, I would say you'll miss out on really living. And don't we want more of life? Isn't that what we're hungry for? More out of life, I would say, than security and comfort. I mean, hasn't this season taught us that we want more than just to feel safe all the time or to be comfortable all the time? We want more than that out of life. And God wants more for you in this life. So I would say there's a really important uh, truth here is that that if we keep what we have for ourselves, then all we have is all we'll ever get. If we keep it for ourselves, all we have is all we'll ever get. And the Bible teaches that even that eventually will be taken away. We will lose it. But if we release it back to God, God math kicks in, right? This is, this is, I think there's a kingdom principle I'd call it here, and it's this. Our release of things to God in the natural unleashes the power of the supernatural in our lives. We see that in this miracle in Mark chapter 6. The release of things to God in the natural world, the things that he's given to us, unleashes the power of God, the supernatural power of God in our lives. And so when we give God our few pieces of bread or fish, uh, in this case, or whatever he may uh, have given us, He can use it to literally feed thousands of people. 
Not just physical hunger, but spiritual hunger. He can use it to minister to thousands upon thousands in our lives. When we release what we have and who we are to him, we'll get to see God do miracles in our life and around us. The, the world will be changed. Our lives will be changed. And so if all you want is what you have, then you should hold on to it. Try to hold on to it. But if you long for more, then get ready to release. Get ready to release. You were made for more than life in this world. You were made for life with God for eternity. Life in the supernatural. Last week, um, I heard uh, this great story um, about Gloria and Ben Kwashi. I just want to share it with you. Ben Kwashi is the Anglican Archbishop in Nigeria. Um, and he and his wife have felt called um, to, uh, to foster children. This is a part of their call uh, on their life. And so I immediately uh, was intrigued because that's part of our heart here at Apostles. And, um, and so they feel called to foster some kids. Now, when I say some kids, when I, I don't know what the word some in Nigerian is <laughs> because apparently over there it means 60. They're fostering 60 children and I don't mean like an orphanage or something. I mean in their house as a part of their family. They're fostering 60 children. Most of these are orphans from violent clashes between Muslim and Christian factions in the country. And it's a part of their heart cry to, to care for them. And what they do is they take kind of the older kids and they help train them to care for the younger children. right? And so, so it's this functional family that they've created. And the way they've done that is they've just given They've just given and given and given and given from what the Lord's given them. Now, here's what's fascinating. Do you know what an Anglican archbishop makes a month in Nigeria? A few hundred dollars. I couldn't believe that when I heard that. A few hundred dollars in Nigeria is not going to take care of 60 kids, right? But in God's hands, that math that doesn't make sense in the world, it makes sense. He takes what they have, what they've released in the natural, and he does supernatural work. He's impacting lives, changing lives over and over and over again because they've released what he's given to them into his hands. And so maybe you've bought into a lie, and here's the lie. I don't really have that much. I don't really have much. I, I just don't have all that much that I could give. Maybe you've been living the mindset of scarcity, let me kind of take care of what I need to take care of first, and then I'll give beyond that. Maybe you're frustrated and you feel discouraged in your faith because you're not experiencing more of God's power in your life, God's supernatural power in your life. And so here's, here's the truth, I think, that God wants to speak over us today. It's that in Christ, you have so much. You have so much, and that God wants to give us more. In Christ, we have so much, and God wants to give us more. And so if we want more of God, we release what we have into his hands, and then watch what he does. That's how it works in the kingdom. But here's the thing. He never forces himself. This isn't a guilt thing. This isn't something we're pressured into. This is something that we're invited into. He loves us, and so he invites us to ask these questions that we've been talking about. What do you have? 
Jesus asked them, what do you have? He's asking us, what do I have? And if we'll release what he's already given to us, our time, our relationships, our marriage, our children, our influence, our future, our money, then he can transform our hearts and he can transform the lives of those around us. And so what do you have? What do you have? And what would it mean for you to release that into Jesus' hands? What would it look like for you to release it into Jesus' hands? Last week, we got to hear uh, an amazing story um, uh, from Tamar uh, about what this looked like when the people of God lived as a generous people and released into God's hands the things that he blessed them with. And so we're going to share another story, um, I think, that highlights this reality this of God's math. And so I'm going to invite Derek Smith to come uh, right now and just to share. I want him to share his story about what God has done um, over the last, I guess, about six months or so and the way that he's experienced this. So Derek, would you just come and briefly share with us? I, I was <clears throat> having lunch with uh, Derek, like he said, and he was just sharing um, uh, and one of the things that was so encouraging to me is I knew some of the things that God had been doing like through our church to care for them. And they're, they're, they're new to our community. This, you know, so I think it really stood out to me um, the generosity of people that hardly knew them. But then there were like layer upon layer of people who had just done little things. You know, sometimes I think, oh, what's the big thing we can do? It was like little things that demonstrated the love of God to them. And just he, he was, he was very emotional at lunch. But just, I was like, I just want you to come and share that um, because it is a picture of what we're talking about. It's a picture of just releasing what God's given into our hands and letting him take it and multiply it in terms of the way it can actually go out of our lives and bless others. And so this is one story. Tamar's is another story. There's lots of stories. There's stories that, um, that are all over our community about ways that God is, uh, is working through us as a generous people. And so I just want to encourage us, like Derek said, just to continue to press into that call on our life to be generous as God is generous. Um, And so this is a time of year where we really want to seek the Lord in that. Uh, And and what does that mean um, for us as a community to to do that, to be generous people? Um, And what would he call us to release into God's hands, in particular financially, as we turn and we look towards 2021? And so I want to encourage you to take time um, to pray and ask God, what would he have you give? What's he given you and what would he have you give financially in 2021? Um, for many of us, uh, these are difficult times. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot uh, of things that we just don't know about what's gonna happen in the year ahead. And so I think we wanna acknowledge that, but we also wanna take a posture again of releasing things into God's hands and remember that, that he will provide more than enough, more than enough for all of us. And so we give sacrificially and joyfully knowing that God can take what we give and he can multiply it. Um, so don't, uh, don't give out of guilt. Um, it's not about the amount of your commitment. It's about releasing what God has given to you and, and trusting him and what he wants to do in your heart and through your life and through this community. Um, normally what we would do is we would have um, uh, a time to kind of collect commitment cards. Because of the circumstances uh, being what they are, um, what we're just asking folks to do is we wanna ask you to, to simply set aside time this week, great timing, Thanksgiving week, set aside time uh, to pray. 
and to ask God what he would have you commit uh, in 2021. Uh, you should have received a, a letter or an email over the past couple of weeks um, that has more details about this. I encourage you to read that if you haven't read it. Uh, and then you can take that commitment card. If you've got one today or any Sunday, you can just drop that in the offering plate, which is right there by the door on the way out. Um, there's also um, ones that you can mail in. Um, and then we have an online option. So we're trying to make it easy, kind of wherever you are uh, just in this season. Uh, and so I encourage all of us, again, just to pray, to seek the Lord and ask what would he have us release into his hands uh, based on what he's given us. So let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, we, we do come together before you this morning, and we just want to say thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the testimony of Derek and his family, to, Lord, your generosity and your love and the way they've experienced that in the life of apostles. And, Lord, it, it just reminds us um, that you have given us so much. And so we want to ask this question before you of what do we have and ask that you would help us to see what it is that you've given to us, what have you entrusted to us. And then free us to ask, what is it you're inviting us to release into your hands? So, Lord, would you free us to trust you and to become like Jesus, become generous people, radically generous people. Lord, because we want more stories. We want to see more lives changed. We want to see your kingdom come and you be glorified. And so we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.